My name is James Callis. I play Dr. Gaius Baltar on Battlestar Galactica, and you're listening to Galactical Quorum. I almost teared up and cried. I'm just gonna be an old man. We'll wait till I haven't seen up. it, but it sucks. We're all gonna die! But we figured, I for one welcome our new overlords. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. An award-winning fracking podcast. Woohoo! I'm Brian and joining me today is... Michelle. Jason. This is episode number 52. We are a podcast about Battlestar Galactica. We're back from going to Dragon Con. We had a very exciting time seeing some of the uh, cool Battlestar Q&A panels, meeting some of the stars. For us personally, we also had the Parsec Awards. It's been a while since we had a podcast out, but in that time, we were nominated for a Parsec Award. And then we became finalists. And at Dragon Con, they had their awards ceremony. And drumroll. We were the winners of the best fan podcast. Woohoo! So, very exciting. I almost teared up and cried. (laughs) I was weeping like a baby. I I was a little misty-eyed. It was very cool. We got to meet a lot of people who I've admired for a long time in the podcast realm. So, we met a lot of people at Dragon Con and left our cards all over the place. So, if you're a new listener, you want to get some contact information, our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. We have a voicemail. And if you listen to our old episodes, we had an older voicemail number that's not in effect anymore. You have to use this new one. It's 206-350-6756. And our website is galacticacorum.com. You can get updates about what we're doing on Twitter. We're galacticacorum. That's one word. And you can also find us on Facebook if you search for galacticacorum. And there's also a MySpace page. And if you visit our website, we do have forums to discuss Battlestar and other sci-fi shows. I took a lot of pictures and a lot of video from Dragon Con. Part- How many shots of the Leah photo did you take? Well, we will see lots of <laughs> the Leah bikini material. Don't worry about that. I guess we'll talk about some of our upcoming material that we're going to have. But first, I do want to say we did win the Parsec Award. And I want to thank everyone again out there in podcast land. We're very proud to get it, but we have a lot of people to thank. I want to thank all our fans. I want to thank many of the people that we have talked to over the past year and a half. James Callis, Aaron Douglas, Nikki Klein, Alex Ponovic, Mark Shepard. We want to thank all those people and all the fans who have been on our boards, who have emailed us, who have called us, who joined in in our podcast. We want to thank Dimitri and Jason, who weren't at the Parsec Awards. But, but we're just supporting cast, I'll be honest. Brian drives this thing. If you have any fawning emails to send, direct them to Brian. Yeah. Really, it was a Brian's award. I mean, the whole point of it is based off of audio content, and that's really all Brian. We just kind of talk. And trust me, me talking is nothing new. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. As I said at at the awards, I said that we started off as a podcast of friends talking about the show, and then we decided to stick a microphone in front of us and put it out on the internet. And it kind of got some good response, and that's the way it still is. But also, I feel that uh, in the time we've been doing it, we've had a lot of new fans that have become friends that have expanded our little group. And so, again, I'd like to thank everyone out there subscribing because it does make the show better when we get your thoughts and you just make the show better. So thanks to everybody. 
Well, just in terms of what we will be doing in the next several episodes, next week's coming up, I took lots of pictures and lots of videos. So we're going to do some video podcasts, and there's several lined up. And yes, Michelle was there dressed up in her Leah bikini. And I don't know if you were aware, but we had a little kind of side bet going within the quorum that if she did go to Dragon Con and wear it, then Jason was going to put it on, and we will uh, have video pictures of that. Are you really going to put the bikini on? I told you, I've got to lose 20 pounds first. Just the same thing you did. <laughs> Stark contrast, ladies and gentlemen. There could be a whole podcast on Michelle's recollections on the show. Because it's been some of the most entertaining discussions I've had since she's been back. Oh, of Dragon Con? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just had all these different... It's like Brian apparently sat in a room all week, because I've heard very little from him. But apparently, Michelle officially is the face, and now, of course, we know the body of the quorum. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, it, I mean, the Mickey Dolan's thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've just got all these stories that should be like a separate Michelle at the show podcast. <laughs> Another thing that is coming up, probably our next episode... I don't usually pre-announce when we do interviews, but this time I'll let the cat out of the bag. We sat down with Tom Wilpenicott to discuss Hilo and his new show, Dollhouse. So we'll be doing that very soon. And there's another interview that I got, but I'll keep that one a surprise. It's a big one, but I can't wait to share that one. I almost peed myself when I saw him get this interview. <laughs> I almost peed myself, too. I was, I was in Leia Bikini, and I was like... I can't go over there. (laughs) I'm not wearing anything. (laughs) (laughs) We also have audio from the Battlestar Q&A panels at Dragon Con. We're also hoping to do another Town Hall podcast sometime this month, so look for that as well. And we're going to be talking about some of the returning fall TV shows coming up. Lots of stuff is starting this week, actually. Sarah Connor, Fringe is starting. Mm -hmm. Everyone, give it a chance. I'll give it. There's two show. There's two shows I've seen commercials for that I treat just like that one that CBS did last year about the vampire who's a detective. I'm like, can we get something new? And Fringe, I know this exists somewhere. And then there's one called The Mentalist. I haven't heard of that one. Well, there is the show on USA called Psych. It's a comedy about a guy who you know pretends. It's a a good show. Okay, The Mentalist on CBS is apparently putting the serious vibe to that same thing. Oh come on, really? Honest to God, I don't know who's running CBS these days, but outside of Swingtown, excellent show. Should have been on Showtime though. Wait, isn't the Ghost Whisperer on CBS? Outside of Swingtown, (laughs) (laughs) I like Ghost Whisperer and uh, The Big Bang Theory, which we need to discuss. Yeah, we do. And I also want to spend a few minutes at some point in a future podcast trashing the new Knight Rider, even though I have no intention of watching it. <laughs> I'm just going to be an old man. We'll wait till I it haven't seen up. it, but it sucks. <laughs> What's next? Manimal? Manimal. <laughs> new CGI. Could work. <laughs> now, we also have a special message. Like I said before, we have an interview with Tomo. In our next episode, but he asked us to record a special message for you, the fans, which we will play for him now. Hey, guys, this is Tomo Pennicott, or if you say it properly, it's Topmo, because I know you're all curious about that. I just wanted to thank all the fans. You guys have been amazing. I've received some incredible, thoughtful letters and uh, gifts and so many things in the mail, and I can't tell you how much it means to me from the bottom of my heart, especially you guys' support. Um, I really appreciate it so much, but I also have to say that uh, it's gotten to the point where I've received so much that I I can't keep up. 
and I'm like six months behind. And uh, I got to be honest with you, <laughs> I really appreciate the letters and some of the gifts or what have you, but I don't want anyone to expect any responses or uh, pictures and what have you like I used to do in the past because I simply can't do it. I just can't keep up. It'd be like a full-time job. I basically have to hire somebody to do it. And I'm not sure if that's going to be the situation. So anyway, once again, thank you so much for your support. But uh, yeah, I just need to let everybody know that. So again, our Tamil interview is next episode. Watch out for that. And I guess speaking of Hilo and Tomo, Battlestar news, there is some from the weekend at Dragon Con. They had the Q&A panels. Obviously, they didn't give away any spoilers of any kind, but they did talk a little bit about the season 4.5, as they're calling it. There was some confusion or there's a little bit of ambiguity about when it was actually starting. Many times... Edward James almost said, in January, you're going to see the best last 10 episodes, January, January. That He said that a lot. And but, really enthusiastically, too. But, yes. <laughs> but by the last panel that I saw, Aaron Douglas, in a really nice rant against the Sci-Fi Channel and their lack of any marketing sense at all, he said that he heard now it's going to be April. So just take that for what it's worth. April. April of 2009. Why not just push it back to the same weekend that Harry Potter is opening? <laughs> I mean, good God. The last few episodes, the last 10, they said over and over again that we're going to be blown away. Yeah. That also it's going to be not an easy ride. We're going to be punched in the gut several times. For the viewers, it's going to be kind of hard to take at times. Major characters dying. Probably major characters dying, relationships shattering. It sounds like they're really going to put us through the ringer. One of the things they had about season five, as I'm going to call it, as they call it, 4.5, is they had a new guy on the panel who plays, to this point, a very obscure character has been maybe two episodes. The character name is Sergeant Alan Newart, and he's had a very small role. Even at some point was supposed to be killed off, but the actor is a friend of Aaron Douglas's, and he uh, pulled some strings to have him, Uh the bomb go off on the other red shirt's face instead of his face. Uh (laughs) At the last minute, they were switched. And now, apparently, he has a fairly important role to play in the last 10 episodes. Bring back Alex. Yeah. (laughs) And they talked a little bit about the movie, which is beginning production, probably this week. It's going to be directed by Eddie, as we know. It's going to have Aaron Douglas. They couldn't tell us who else might be in it, but they did say that in terms of time frame, it happens around the Lay Down Your Burdens episodes. So it does go back, kind of like a la Razor, it's going to go back in time somewhat. What were the Lay Down Your Burden episodes? Lay Down Your Burdens episodes, as I recall, was right before they landed on New Caprica, around the time that they had the Roslyn and Baltar election, and they decided to settle on New Caprica. I'm not saying they can't pull that off, but that just sounds very... That's a tight fit. You're really putting yourself in a box as far as what you can write. I can almost guarantee there will be at least two things where we'll watch it and come back and say, well, if that happened in the movie, how did this happen in the show later? In other Battlestar news, it's been a while, and this is kind of old news now, but the Caprica trailer went up. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this in this episode. We will devote probably an episode sometime in a month or so about this. But it is out. Take a look at it. When does it premiere? I don't know. I guess that it would be probably around the same time as... Battlestar comes am, back. Am I asking the hard questions, Brian? <laughs> You're asking them the wrong person. <laughs> well, as we've seen from Hollywood in the past couple of months, though, just because they say it's supposed to premiere True. at this point, does it mean they can't push it back till 2010? True. Can we premiere it before the Hadron Collider, or how you pronounce <laughs> that, comes online and destroys Hadron. the Earth? 
Oh, yeah. Totally going to destroy The Black you. Mesa event that's going to happen in a few weeks. Actually, it's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, Is Wednesday. Is it tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. It opens. Yeah. They're going to start it on Wednesday. We're all going to die! But we figured, I, for one, welcome our new overlords. But, we figured, <laughs> but Michelle and I figured out that the real experiment will take place December 2012. Yeah. The day the Mayan calendar ends. Mm. Well, I was reading an article, and they say that as the experiments go, it'll mature and they'll learn more. So they're going to up the power as they go along. Wait. <laughs> they're going to take this big mechanical object that's going to get smarter and smarter as it goes along? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like every bad sci-fi movie where they're like, let's put up the juice a little bit more. No like, one could have foreseen <laughs> this happening. There's a shot of like, you know, static billing on these capacitors. <laughs> Surely there must be one scientist that's watched a sci-fi movie and said, you know what, guys? Maybe we should stop right here. So one of the fellow nominees for the Parsec fan podcast was a podcast called the Doctor Who Tin Dog Podcast. So I'll play their promo now. It's not as long as Podshock. It doesn't have remotely the same amount of in-depth interviews as the WhoCast. It's not even as full of spoilers as Outpost Gallifrey. In fact, it's just some bloke talking about the best show in the universe. The Tin Dog Podcast. Find it on iTunes. And the URL for... The Doctor Who Tin Dog Podcast is www.tin-dog.co.uk. Now, like we mentioned, some of the new shows are starting up this week. Sarah Connor is starting back up. Now, we haven't seen the new episode as we record this yet, but just going back to last season, Jason caught up recently on the series, season one, uh, and you had favorable impressions of it, right? Yeah, I was actually very impressed. I I like... Fox put all nine episodes on in like a two-week span. It worked very well. Uh, I think sometimes that's the best way to watch a show. But I came away most impressed with David Silver. I actually think he can act. I have to admit, I think the little cheesy scene in the last episode where he takes uh, John John (laughs) to see his dad as a five-year-old was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if if you're looking for sentiment. But uh, overall, no, I, I really liked it, though I do think there's always that problem that I get into anytime I watch any sci-fi thing that has to do with time travel, there's a point where I start overthinking it, which, as I talked to Michelle, I think maybe Brian too, we should just do a whole episode like during a downtime, since, especially if BSG is not coming back till April, about uh, like who did time travel well and who really effed it up. Because these guys, they seem really, really close, but every so often something happens. I'm like, that kind of doesn't make sense to me. I think the rule is you can do it once or maybe twice, but then you just start tripping over yourself. Right. Like Heroes has already, to me, passed the threshold where they're, <sighs> they've done the time travel thing one too many times and you're caught in this loops that don't quite sync back to the way they're supposed to and the fans are like, but wait, this, and it sounds like this new season, there's going to be more time travel characters involved. I still stand by my theory that one of the best movies ever handled time travel was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Part where they're like, wait a minute, remember when you went back in time and put that bucket there? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to do it. You don't actually have to travel in time, you just imagine you did because you have the capability. But anyway, back to the show. I'm intrigued, like I said, it's, it's hard to comment on something that when you're probably listening to this after the show started, but I want to see how they still have Summer Glau playing the good Terminator, because... 
I'm not saying the body wouldn't survive the explosion, but the skin just seems like it would come out a little disfigured, and the preview doesn't seem to have her disfigured. Well, they've shown that they can pretty much just throw in a vat of goo and an hour later come back, which I thought was a bad choice, but... Now, we got an email that I've been basically sitting on for several months from Pablo, and we just haven't had a chance to talk about the show until now, so I apologize for holding on to it for so long. But he writes, this is again about Sarah Connor, I felt compelled to write after watching the two-hour season finale of Terminator. I had heard your podcast about the show and wanted to see how you weigh in on the Terminator being able to dupe women. On the first hour of the finale, we were shown that a Terminator is able to woo, support, and consummate with a woman whose mission is to invent a computer system able to control traffic, which may lead to Skynet being created. We were shown scenes where the Terminator is being supported by saying very few words, having the woman talk the whole time, and giving romantic physical touches and later sex. Now, has the Terminator been able to find the secret to women that men have been trying so hard to find? I don't know about the rest of the world, but I think the writers aren't giving women the respect and intelligence they deserve. Obviously, this machine is capable of killing in love and is also able to perform constantly in peak performance in the bedroom, but it's a complete machine inside. It's not like the Cylons in the new Battlestar Galactica, where they are more humanoid. I mean, the Cylons are more like the Blade Runner skin jobs. They have emotion. They're not all machine. What do you think? Did you buy that he would be able to uh, fool some woman that was supposedly intelligent enough to create the system... Just because you're intelligent enough to create the system doesn't mean you're not shallow in other areas of your life and only looking for yeah. the good-looking guy. Who well, I could buy that. I guess the thing, refrigerator. The and thing if you're was really that, stupid emotionally about being with a man, then you'll totally overlook some of that stuff. I don't know. To me, it was a little bit of a stretch because those Terminator models, whatever they have done in terms of AI programming to make them interact... For most of the time, they don't play any kind of personality role. It's all response. Like someone asks them a question and they say something back. Beyond that, I don't see them having a lot of personality programmed in. Like the first episode of this series when Summer Glau was this perky teenager and somehow lost that. (laughs) But they dropped that really quickly. So I don't know if we're meant to believe that they are capable of it or if that was just a change of direction that producers had. But I don't know. To me, I don't quite think it's quite as much of a a front as maybe this writer does, but I did find it kind of unbelievable. And also the fact that aren't Terminators supposed to weigh like 2,000 pounds? (laughs) (laughs) Just if you're around this person or this machine long enough to uh, be with them, so to speak. Maybe she was on top all the time. But you got to think at one point she like gave him the playful punch or stubbed her toe on his foot or something and was like... Hell. But see, I could believe they could, and I'm going to get hit for this, but seriously, you don't think a Terminator couldn't woo a woman patient enough to sit there and just listen for days yeah. or years, probably able to recall any Shakespearean sonnet word for word. I mean, well, here's how I if buy you're it. very quiet, you could do it. Here's how I buy it. She was a brilliant scientist. I mean, they even showed that she was really busy and flustered all the time. And yeah, I think because she was so busy. She could totally ignore it and not notice any sort of sign that something was wrong with this guy. Maybe she had decided that because of her line of work, she had given up finding a guy. And somehow she found the perfect guy that didn't care that she worked Mm. 20 hours a day. In fact, he encouraged it. Yeah. So I buy it in her case. If you read between the lines, there's a lot of things where this could work. Granted, I have not seen the third movie, but the things that are interesting in the show, if they're sending multiple Terminators back... It just seems like all of this would have been accomplished already. 
Yeah. There's well, just, that goes back to us debating the timeline and yeah, the timelines. Yeah. And they've said that things that John have done, John and his mom have done, have altered the timeline. Well, who's to say some of the things that the Terminators coming back in time are doing hasn't also altered the timeline in the other direction? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you end it with the Terminator doing something that actually destroys the whole program inadvertently. Right. I still like my idea of saying. John does something, Summer Glau disappears because he's altered the timeline, but when she comes back, she's actually now the evil Terminator trying to kill him. That would be a twist that I could really get into. Because they've established that things can be altered without a fundamental ending. So explore that. Well, one of the things I first said when the show first started was kind of along those lines where because the timeline has changed, who's to say that John is is still the guy? He's the leader. He's still right. the leader. I mean, he, he could still be important, but he might not be the guy that's... I don't think they'll ever change that, though. He'll always be the leader, no matter what. Huh, well, it would be kind of an interesting twist, though, if it turned out that he wasn't. Like He he is kind of wussy. <laughs> yeah, something happens, and Brian Austin Green's like, you're John Connor, why am I here to protect you? I need to go find this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the new uh, Terminator movie that's coming out, and that one, he's still the guy. But they've jumped him ahead, what, eight years? Mm-hmm. So now he's supposed to be the guy, but he's only supposed to be in his early 20s. Yeah, well, they're just starting it out. I mean, it's the beginning of the war, really. So before we quit, Michelle has uh, a rant. rant, uh, A new feature we're launching with the show. Today, Michelle's rant. (laughs) Besides all the new uh, TV and other stuff coming out, there's video games. One of them is a highly anticipated game called Spore. Tell us your rant. All right, here's my rant. Spore. It came out yesterday on the 7th. And since that time, there have been a lot of people having issues with their registration key. Well, I came across this problem yesterday as well. Apparently, from what I've read, some of the CDs that were pressed did not work correctly. So now people cannot register their product online to play the online portion of the game, which shocks me because this is EA and they know how to put out a game, but yet somehow they royally messed this one up. So I'm really pissed off about it because... I can't get on. I can't register my game. I can play the game on the offline version, which, by the way, is really cool. But it's been in production for how many years, and they've screwed this up. And I've actually heard a lot of people say they're going to return their game because of it. There was another issue I saw where people were on online forums giving the game low ratings because of some policy that EA has where you can only install it, like, three times, and then it shuts off forever. And so you... Yes. People aren't happy about having something that could end up not working just because of some fault of your drive or just... Yes, and because of the fact that the registration key isn't working, people have been uninstalling and reinstalling, and then their games aren't working at all. Just a huge... So, EA, you royally messed this up, and if I don't hear... Totally. If I don't hear from your customer service by Wednesday, I am returning the game. The other thing is that EA has not said anything at all about what they're doing. They have not said oh, hey, you know, yeah, we know about this. We're fixing it. We're looking into it. I have not seen anything from them. They're fixing all the problems with Madden first. If there are any, I don't know. Well, who cares about Madden? It's their cash cow. It is, actually. Yeah. Okay, so that'll end this edition of the Galactica Quorum. Thanks again for listening. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. Our voicemail, 206-350-6756. Until next time, the jump clock is running. Bye.
Jason just doesn't like her writing style. That's what it is. It's not the writing style. It's just the episodes are... Treacly. Treacly. Look it up. <laughs> is that real? That's not a word. It is. Is it? Also, part of the album of a very bad movie that the police had a soundtrack of, Brimstone. Brimstone and Treacle. Oh. I actually bought that soundtrack just for a few songs. And it's really not good. It's not. There's yeah, like three songs. songs that are worth having. Of course, nowadays you yeah. would never do that. You would never like spend eight bucks on an LP just right. for three songs. Yeah. That model doesn't work anymore. 